Chris Williams joins us from Variety to talk about it. Chris, thank you for coming on with us. You bet. Glad to be with you. Try to, uh, uh, for people, let's say someone had no idea who David Crosby was other than they heard Crosby and Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Tell us who he was in a nutshell and why he was special. Yeah, I mean, I think it is hard for a lot of people to separate him out because of that amazing harmonic convergence that happened with CSN and then Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young when Neil joined. Uh, they, they're just one of those vocal ensembles that became a completely different voice when it was the three or four of them together. And so um, sometimes people go, wait, which one was Crosby? Because, uh, you know, Stills had a more raspy voice when he was on his own. Uh, Graham Nash had kind of a more effete voice. But David Crosby really had, like, the prettiest voice. I mean, he probably had the prettiest male voice in rock and roll in a way. He just sounded completely angelic which was completely at odds with uh, what people thought of him in real life, which was not angelic in any way. I mean, besides being initially sort of the poster boy for drug abuse for a while, and then the poster boy for 12 steps after he, he cleaned up after right. being put in jail for five months, um, you know, he had a very cantankerous personality. Yes. So he was also maybe the most honest guy in rock and roll in, in certain ways, just in terms of candor about himself very cranky and judgmental of others. Um, there was a funny thing I saw today where uh, somebody posted a tweet that came from the Doors organization about how da great David Crosby was. And then right next to it, they put a tweet that David Crosby had about the Doors, about how they were like the worst group in the world. <laughs> <laughs> he went through every member of the group one by one about how horrible <laughs> they were and what they did. <laughs> and it was this very is, ironic. Is it, safe to, is it safe to say that, that he was a a star player, but not always the greatest teammate. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, he early in his career, he's getting fired by the birds. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's right. the beginning when Roger McGuinn and Chris Hillman show up at his house and say, you're out of the band, you know, right before they go on to record one of their greatest albums. Although he was there for, you know, the kind of the classic folk rock stuff you were playing, like, uh, you know, he sang, uh, you know, one of their Dylan covers, so he, he had a beautiful solo as well as harmonic voice. But then, um, you know, Crosby, Stills, uh, sorry, Stills and Nash give him a chance to join this new supergroup. And he, he kind of seems to get along with them for a while. But, you know, it certainly didn't end well. Let's, let's put it that way. And, and it, it went on for decades. So it took a while to end. But finally, as of like 2014, 2015, the other guys were just saying, we, we've had enough and this group is over. And, and David spent the rest of his life, unfortunately, sort of trying to win back their favor. Yeah. And he talked about it in the documentary Cameron Crowe did with him. And he talked about it in this Laurel Canyon documentary. It was like uh, he, he was so desperate and, and almost heartbreaking how he wanted the other guys to take him back. And, and they never really did up till the end of his life. And, and you could see how that crushed him. But at the same time, you could see why it was so bad uh, that people just couldn't take it anymore. I mean, he, yeah. he insulted Neil Young's then girlfriend, finally wife, Daryl Hannah, and, and trashed her in print. And that's when Neil Young said, okay, I, that's it. I've had enough. And he had his own feud going on with Nash toward the end. And so um, he really, uh, even Bob Dylan talked about how in his book about how, um, I like the guy, but he really pissed people off. Yeah. <laughs> He's a pain in the butt. <laughs> Um, what would you say was his best musical contribution, writing-wise uh, or singing-wise? Well, um, writing-wise, he tended not to have like a lot of the big songs that people really remember, 
like out of Crosby's Old Nash and Young yeah. of the Bird. Um, he had the title track of Deja Vu, which is an amazing song. It's like this multi-part complex thing. Um, some some of his songs, like he, he admitted that Almost Cut My Hair was a silly song. Yeah. Um, yeah, Deja Vu was an amazing song. Yeah, um, but it's it's funny. Like uh, he had uh, the song "Triad," which is like one of the first big rock songs about a menage a trois. So you know, some people love that. Some people are like, "Yeah, okay, the world well. was waiting for that. They, they <laughs> needed to get that as soon as possible." Yeah, and, and almost um, cut my hair. Hair is like a song about getting, not wanting to get a haircut, which seems like not a classic in retrospect. <laughs> and yet he's. He sang it so angelically, it could almost break your heart. Chris, I got to ask you about uh, in 1971, he gets together. This is incredible. He got together with what Neil Young, Joni Mitchell, Jefferson Airplane, Grateful Dead, Santana. And apparently they all got along well enough to to do an album together. Is that correct? Well, uh, yeah. On his first solo album after kind of the first breakup of Crosby's National Young. Yeah, his his best remembered solo album is If I Could Only Remember My Name. <laughs> very, very apropos. And, uh, yeah. I don't think he meant it for a laugh, but it but it, it certainly seems like one in yeah. respect in his sort of uh, image. I mean, there there's like a, a, he was a guest on The Simpsons once. This is a sidetrack, but uh, on, <laughs> he was on The Simpsons and- Who wasn't? Like, <laughs> yeah. like Barney, you Barney character says something like, you're my hero, man. And he, and uh and but then the punchline is like he didn't even know he was a musician he just liked sort of his, his stoner attitude <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah at that time of that first album like jerry garcia was um a huge presence on that first solo album and i interviewed david about jerry garcia a few years ago on 24th 25th anniversary of his death and crosby was actually crying over the phone to me wow which was very touching just because he remembered how in 71, his girlfriend had just died in this tragic accident. He'd been the love of his life. And uh, so David kind of just went up into the hills by himself and was taking a lot of drugs, with, not for the last time. Um, and <laughs> really, but really down and out because of this loss in his life. And Jerry Garcia reached out to him and sort of got him back into loving music again and kind of said, let's collaborate on your album. And that really, you, you know, to this day, you could just really hearing his voice how much it, Jerry Garcia's reaching out to him touched him. So there there were yeah some great collaborations on that album and a few others and and um he did a couple albums as a duo with Graham Nash the first one of which was pretty great and memorable. So uh yeah people I don't want to make it sound like people wouldn't tolerate him at all because for decades these guys did but sometimes they reach their breaking point <laughs> sooner yeah. or later you know. Well, thank you for that. I mean, he gave us a lot of uh, a, a lot of stories that I hadn't heard before about him, and uh, puts them in some perspective. Appreciate that very much. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, glad to.